You're listening to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Alabama first and 10 on the 12. Again, Houston. He's got a hole. He's over. Alabama touchdown. I'm just wondering if your listeners know how good a football player you were. I can still see you playing that fullback, knocking those players out of the, out of the way. And I believe I could have run behind you. Martin, I can remember when we came to center and you were playing fullback up there. And I saw you in the weight room and watched the watch workout in the weight room. If you could pick up, you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room. I wanted to pick you and I run in that first thing back <laughs> biggest, biggest mistake we ever made. The Martin Houston Show with national championship winning fullback Martin Houston. Giving you one hour of intense, hard-hitting analysis from an insider's perspective. It's time for the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Good morning. Welcome into the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9. It's the Martin Houston Show with Martin and Xavier on a beautiful Tuesday morning. We're live, local, and ready to get things going. Also, you can join us on the social media Martin Houston Radio Network where you can watch us, tune in with us, chat with us, uh, give us a call on the traditional Hotline, the Alabama One Hotline, open for business, 205-342-9904. That is the Alabama One Hotline. Remember that this is the day that the Lord has made, so let's rejoice and be glad in it. Take some time today to notice someone, love someone, serve someone, be the difference you want to see in the world today. We can continue some of the conversation we had from yesterday. Uh, as we'll add DC, DC Capstone report into the conversation in the second quarter. Uh, we did a little good, bad, and ugly uh, on yesterday. We can do key takeaways. Uh, we can talk about uh, <clears throat> Bama's running game. Do you feel good about it? We can talk about uh, some of Nick Saban's thoughts and comments from the press conference uh, and uh, what we. <laughs> What we uh, began to, to talk about a little bit yesterday, uh, thought that I had uh, in my mind on yesterday, and, and maybe you will have uh, ha- have a similar thought, uh, or maybe you'd like to participate in the thought, uh, is if this was your team, how would you get this Bama team ready to play? Um, are you concerned with, uh, the hype from this uh, past summer and the hype of this game, getting your guys too keyed up. Uh, so how would you make sure that they're peaking at the right time as Alabama takes on Texas A&M and look to continue uh, to improve as a team? So from start to finish, We'll have uh, the phone lines open and love to get you in on the conversation once again. And that's 205-342-9904. That's the Alabama One Hotline. Good morning, X. Good morning, Joe. How you guys doing, X? Good morning. Doing well. How are you this morning? 
Oh, man, I cannot complain. Find out nobody care if you do, so might as well make the best of it. Uh, so we're, we're rolling rolling right along. Um, we uh, we had, had some good conversation yesterday, um, and uh, we, we didn't dig as deep into some of it as we probably would have liked to. So uh, since we just like family here, we just pick it up and keep talking. But uh, X, as you uh, had a little more time, a little more conversation from yesterday and from the weekend and more thoughts. Um, what what what's what's your uh, biggest takeaway uh, from from Bama's game on Saturday in terms of uh, where Alabama stands uh, what, five games into the season? Um, I think Alabama is probably from Nick Saban's standpoint right where they want to be. They're undefeated, but they still have some things to work on. They're improving in a lot of areas, but they're but just trying to clean up the small things. Of four games of the five, Alabama's had more penalties than the other team, so he wants to clean that up. But but they're winning. They've won a tight game. They've won a game where a team came back when they had a big lead and were able to pull it out and extend the lead at the end. And you've blown out the teams that you should have blown out. So I think Alabama's right where he wants them, even coming in this week. When you look at the Arkansas game, you go, oh, well, we were up big. But that doesn't mean you can let off the gas. And so going into this Texas A&M game, he brought it up last week or last yesterday that they were same situation as last year, Alabama coming off a win. Texas A&M coming off of a loss doesn't matter. You got to go out there and play four quarters. Yeah, interesting, interesting thought uh, for a young season and for uh, the record of. I mean, the, the the five teams we've played, you would not have expected to have as many different uh, variations of how to win and uh, what to do on the road versus home and. You know, uh, Arkansas, of course, not as big stadium-wise as big as Texas, but yet, you know, that it was loud, it was noisy, and there was improvement uh, in in the penalty game, uh, especially on the offensive line overall, defense, you know, penalty. So it was, it was a lot, lots of takeaways there. Joe, anything just kind of jump out at you uh, from a takeaway standpoint? When you look at this team at five games in? Oh, what jumps out to me is how versatile this team is. Uh, I think I, I, I think this team has really shown an ability to kind of um, to, to to kind of find a game plan or go into a game with a game plan and, and attack it. Outside of the Texas game, which was kind of utterly slop. Uh, just just a bunch of really sloppy play. Uh, th- they they've executed a game plan for uh, through four games that ha- that has been uh, like uh, like they were able to they were able to make adjustments in the Arkansas game to to to, to shift to the running game, which I know a lot of Alabama fans really wanted to see. Uh, they were able to really get the passing game going against Vanderbilt uh, during a time where people wondered if the passing game was was going to be okay. Uh, and and through all that out. 
outside of probably one quarter uh, out there in Arkansas this weekend, the defense has really, really been impressive. So I think just the the uh, versatility and different ways that this Alabama team can be effective uh, really is going to make them very difficult to beat through the rest of the year. Yeah, and I would agree with that. And when you look at it, that's why I was saying, man, this for a young season, um, we've had to win a lot of different ways and <laughs> with different weapons. And I think each one of them kind of builds on the next one and helps this team, you know, as you go down the stretch. As we mentioned briefly yesterday, um, does this team without uh, a Bryce Young – uh, win a game like Saturday if we've not been through a Texas game earlier in the season. So uh, that kind of plays plays huge dividends. And then you look at, at Saturday's game, and we briefly mentioned it yesterday, uh, just the, the Brian Branch effect is what I call it, um, that, that for a quarter there um, – I think you, 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 it's, it's easy for us, uh, X and Joe, when, when your quarterback goes out on offense, uh, it's easy for everybody to realize, oh, man, the OC is going to have to find something different. We were all anticipating um, a drop-off offensively potentially when, um, when uh, Bryce went down. And the truth be told, um, you know, he had seven drives before that, you know, before we put Trey Sanders in and we had two, three and outs. And that's kind of been the, the, the pattern of this team. So truthfully, would we have scored 49 points with Bryce in there? Yes. That's probably about what we would have got to, uh, <laughs> with this team. We just scored different ways. The reality of it is, um, we had, what, three of our biggest plays of the year. Um, you know, if you were to take the top, what, top five biggest plays, with three of them have been Saturday. Uh, so it doesn't matter if you're running it or passing it, if you get that. But defensively, whoo, I think, I, I don't think we, I don't think we were anticipating Pete having to find a new way and, and, and new guys stepping up. So, uh, like I said, once again, great, great to see uh, that happen. Any thoughts on that, X? Uh, uh, Joe, before we uh, get ready to get out of here and get the break, I, I think those are the three biggest plays of the season. You're uh, talking about se- 72, yeah. 76, and 77 uh, yard runs. Um, we haven't what seen that, we, and we haven't seen that in the run game in a few years. When you look at B. Rob and uh, Najee, they they weren't, you know, game breakers when it comes to runs. They they had big runs throughout the season, but nothing that touched those type of runs. So the fact that Alabama was able to do that in the run game with the backup quarterback in, I, I think shows a testament of Alabama being able to make adjustments throughout the course of a game and highlight the the skill sets that you have in. What was Jace's um, run? What was oh, no, Jace had 81. 81, so yeah, the, that's what I was saying. That's why I said. The next three. I don't, think we, I don't think we had a pass that long, I don't think. so. I think the pass to Bond was the biggest pass player of the year, 54. 
Yeah. And so, uh, you know, so when you look at that, it's like, wow, that, I mean, that explosive plays. Uh, and there's a couple of things I think that, that happened. And you just mentioned one of them uh, that we really hadn't talked a lot about. Uh, and we can bring DC in on that conversation. Um, I mean, you look at, you know, Bond, uh, Prentice, uh, Jojo Earl getting a, a touchdown, uh, did, did this, and we'll, we'll answer this on the other side. Did this wide receiver core take a huge step forward, um, uh, Saturday, despite, you know, having some drops, um, in the game? Are you worried about that or were you more feeling better about just the steps they took forward? That's one question. Um, Another question is uh, kudos to, to Gibbs on the Offensive Player of the Year. I mean, a week, SEC. Uh, should Miro have gotten that? Should Miro uh, have gotten SEC? Did he make a case to be the SEC Player of the Week uh, in terms of uh, what he was able to do when he came in the game? Or should he have been co-SEC uh, Player of the Week? So. We can answer that question. We'll get DC's good, bad, and ugly. Did this wide receiver core take a huge step forward? Um, who or what is going to be uh, the, the the biggest difference maker in um, <laughs> in, in in the game uh, Saturday? Uh, we can talk about the drop passes. Uh, are you concerned with the drop passes, uh, and can you? It, do you have a reason why you think those drop passes happen? We can talk about all of that. You can bring other things to the to the forefront. The phone lines are open. Album One Hotline at 205-342-9904. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the towns of Nissan Traffic Center, no active wrecks and everything pretty quiet on this Tuesday morning. If you do see conditions throughout the day that folks need to hear about, of course, give me a call, 205-886-8886. Business is booming at towns of Nissan, and they need help. If you're a people person, go see BJ or Kalen at towns of Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. Tuscaloosa Locksmith sells key remotes, remote fobs, smart keys, car remotes, and black rifle coffee. They also do laser engraving. Tuscaloosa Locksmith, just off 50 Street behind the fight. Very similar weather tomorrow and Thursday. Lots of sunshine both days. Highs between 80 and 83. Friday sunny with a high at 82. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 55 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Scott Smith and Southmark Design doing business for 17 plus years. Specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically any and everything you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business through strong partnerships strong customer service and creative ideas they'll help you market and grow your business give scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scott is at comcast.net and visit them online at southmarkdesign.com welcome back to the martin houston show the sound of bama sports your show your team on your home for alabama sports tide 100.9 and streaming on the tide 100.9 Point nine app. Well, 
obviously, you know, at times we haven't handled it very well because, you know, I was talking about rat poison last year when we played this game. Nobody would listen. Players wouldn't listen. You all didn't listen. Um, they had lost the week before. We were big favorites. It was like no big deal to show up for this game, go play the next game. And um, I don't get affected by it because I don't listen to you all. I really don't have any interest in what anybody thinks about any of this stuff. I do have an interest in how it affects and impacts the players on our team. Uh, and I think it does. And I think they have to show maturity and how they manage it and know that external opinion, external noise, whatever you want to call it, rat poison, whatever it is, absolutely has nothing to do with the outcome of the game. Just like fans have nothing to do with the outcome of the game. They don't block. They don't tackle. They don't catch passes. They don't make sacks. All they do is make noise. And if you want to take them out of the game, just play well, execute, and then they won't be there. They'll leave. So these are external factors that cannot affect how you think as a competitor in terms of respecting winning, respecting what you have to do to win, and how important it is. Knowing that we're going to get the other team's best game because they can all get well beating us. So that's how I try to handle it. Does anybody listen? Sometimes, sometimes not. All righty then. Nick Saban on one of his rants. Um, he said a lot there. Uh, <clears throat> let me see. The fans do matter and because they make noise, but they don't matter if you're on the road. But we want them to show up for Alabama games because they affect the game, but they don't have anything to do with the game because they don't make blocking and they don't tackle. But fans, you need to show up. Um, the media, I don't listen to the media, uh, because it doesn't affect the game, but nobody listens to me because they listen to y'all because y'all put it on social media. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> just having fun there. I mean, there was a couple double talks there, uh, but I, I get what he's saying and I can have fun with it. So we'll, we'll bring DC into the conversation and see, see what his thoughts are. Good morning, DC. Welcome into the Martin Houston show with Martin and Xavier, man. Oh, good morning, Martin. Good morning, Xavier. Good to be here this morning. Thank y'all for having me on. <laughs> All right. Hey, man, vintage Nick Saban, uh, going off. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts on those comments, DC? Anytime I hear coach Saban go into a rant, uh, look at, Looks like it's going to be a good week of practice and a good getting ready for a good game this Saturday. I, I think he's, I think he's feeling it. He's feeling the uh, you know Alabama's back to number one, uh, twenty point favorites over Texas A and M. They beat us last year. He didn't. He didn't. He had a team that wouldn't listen to him last year going out there and didn't uh, and kind of got affected by the crowd and affected by the atmosphere and affected by the team. They didn't play their best. I think he's trying to get them to play their best. And, yes, he, he talks a little double talk, but, but all that is just the way that he never says anything, uh, which he doesn't have a message to send to his team. So I think he's trying to send a message to his team. Um, uh, D.C., we, we, they didn't play best. I put that game, that loss swirly on the coaches. Um, 
we 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 were inside the the five. How many times last year? Oh, good good amount of time. I, I just don't think we executed well last year. Uh, we didn't play bad, but we didn't execute when we needed to. Offensively, how many points we score last year? Oh, I don't remember. Man, I, when we, Thirty-eight. When we lose a game. I forget about those games, Martin. No, no, no. I'm just saying. I, that's what I'm saying. We, we we had 38 points, but we let me, let me let me tell you the difference between last year and, and and what I saw Saturday. We got inside the five three times, I think, last year, um, and we did not call a single run play. And um, and if you fan to the sideline, I didn't see any coaches saying anything to any players. But Saturday, when we got down against Arkansas after a 77-yard run and what you call it, called a, a pass play, I saw a head coach absolutely lose his mind and tell the coach that was calling the plays in not such a nice language, run the ball. Now, I, I, I think that uh, – um, Texas A&M last year exposed a weakness of our team. We we were weak in the back end last year, and a guy had a great game, and um, offensively in Calzada, and he, he 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 did his business. But I think if we play, if we if we call different plays, I put some of that, like I said, on the coaches. But that's that's just my thoughts. I ask DC. I'll let you guys respond. Y'all still there? I'm going to Go ahead, Dick. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, when you look at the game last year, there, there was a lot of things. And I think Nick Saban hit everything yesterday uh, in his rant, which is something that we love to hear. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, Texas A&M was able to exploit a lot of Alabama's weaknesses. And then you look at the play calling, it was Terrible. I mean, you have a 230-pound running back in Brian Robinson, and inside of the 10-yard line on three possessions, I think it was, he ran the ball one time. And when you ended up having to settle for their multiple field goals, and that changed the game, especially when you're inside the five-yard line on two of those possessions, and he gets zero carries. It, it just didn't make sense, and I think that's something that you're going to see change this year. And I don't think that the secondary is nearly as weak as it was last year with Kool-Aid and Arnold at, cor at corner. And then you have Helms and uh, Battles back at safety. And with Branch and Malachi Morgan at the star and uh, money positions, I think those weaknesses have been shored up. And I don't think it's going to be an issue. I think Alabama's going to be able to go in and dominate. I agree with X. I think Alabama dominates this game. Uh, I think last year's game, I, I don't put it as much on the play calling or the offense as I do on defense. I think we should have uh, played better on defense. I think you're right. They exposed us with some weaknesses in the secondary. Uh, anytime you score 30 points, you ought to be able to win the ball game with our defense. And this year, our defense has really shown what they are. I think also, Coach, uh, I mean, every player that's talked about last year's loss um, and last year's team talked about the identity of the team. And I heard the word knucklehead used at least four times by three different players uh, we don't, and a coach. We don't have any knuckleheads in the room. So I think some, some of the players didn't buy in on defense last year uh, and on offense, and it infiltrated the team and it got exposed in in uh, adversary situations. I think 
Uh, I, I tweeted out this week or, uh, that character uh, is displayed in times of adversity, and I think our character last year wasn't near as good as it is this year. But I really like the character of this team. I like the way it came back, the way it, uh, you know, the way it uh, changed. And, you know, as, as uh, other people have said, you know, Alabama got down a little bit in the third quarter, but a lot of that was field position, special teams mistakes that we don't usually make, such as a, a botched punt uh, snap and a. Um, Put them in a short field on a uh, on an onside kick that they should have been ready for. Uh, I think they only had one long drive. Uh, if you look at it, one long drive, like started to at the uh, um, they're almost at their own goal line, ninety yard drive that was aided with a lot of with some penalties on defense. So I really think the defense is much better this year. I think that's what's going to win us the ball game. And I think we're you know depending on who quarterback plays, if Bryce Young plays, we're going to throw the ball more. If, if Jalen Milrow plays, we're going to run the ball more. And I don't think that's because Jalen Milrow can't throw the ball. I, I think, uh, in my opinion, I know everybody, Martin, has your opinion, have your opinion, Martin. I know you talk about the play calling, but you know, I, I don't think it. I don't think that when we're not running the ball, it's always the play calling. I think it's the fact that Bryce Young has more experience and he changes the plays and puts us in passing situations when they take away the run. I don't think Jalen Milrow has that experience, and I think that's why we run the ball more when he's in there. I I, I think that – I don't think that Bryce is audibly in plays. I think they're calling RPOs with Bryce, and my thing is you – I still don't know if we can run the ball with Bryce in the game uh, because of the play calling. And what I mean by play calling, yes, I know that we – Bryce throws the ball when he's in there more, and I, I mean, I would I would too. I'm not saying I wouldn't. But I also know that sometimes you need to call run plays and not give the quarterback, you know, that ability. Uh, because I talked about yesterday, DC, that when when it's a called run, the def- offensive linemen have a different mentality, and that's why we were able to run the ball when Milro was in there. Probably more effective than we do when Bryce is in there because Bryce has the RPO effect, which means that. If it's a pass play, he's going to check out to it or he's going to read it and nobody knows it. That's what he's reading except for him and the wide receivers. Uh, And the offensive linemen are kind of block and control your man versus drive and dominate your man. Uh, And when Milrow came in, we were calling straight runs. And I'm saying it's okay to mix some of that up uh, and and, and just call some runs because I think ultimately I think Saturday's game helps this Alabama team because now, because you, you can say, you know, I think the offensive linemen wondered if they could run the ball before Saturday. Uh, and I also think that Seth McLaughlin uh, was a difference maker uh, in both of what's his name's long runs. I, I don't know that Dow Court could have got to those blocks in the way that Seth McLaughlin. So I know we ran the ball Saturday, but uh, I want to see Seth uh, see that ongoing rotation and uh, Brian Branch, I mean, uh, the, the OC, sometimes just decide to call the ball like uh, Saban told him at the goal line. I mean, you know, I mean, that was that was uh, uh, probably an RPO, and Saban told him to run the ball. Don't give the kid the option. Run it. And that's what I think we need, and we will find ourselves in that situation at some point uh, in, in, the, in the season where, we need to just be able to run the ball to to, to end the game. So uh, we got a couple of callers to try to get to them. 
Pat, you're in with the Martin Houston Show with Martin and Xavier with DC on the Alabama One Hotline. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, good morning. I'm glad I got all four of y'all. Uh, DC, I'm getting awful perplexed about the line on this ball game uh, mm-hmm. as being big time rat poison for the kids. That uh, hey, because even Vegas it started off at sixteen, sixteen and a half, from what I understand, but uh. Ryan was saying yesterday if some books had gone as high as 24 to 26, and you just said 20 when you came on the show, what actually what what is the actual line? Well, last night it was 20. Uh, some had it 20 and a half. Uh, I don't know what it is this morning. But uh, I, okay. think, I, think well, creeping, I think it's creeping up. Okay. I was wondering if Ryan, if Ryan was, uh, had a decon shirt on. I got him. <laughs> uh, hey, Pat, that makes, Pat, that makes uh, you feel a little bit better. Go ahead, Mark. No, Pat. On, on ESPN, uh, it's sitting at twenty-four. That's what hmm. I thought. Okay, I got you. This depending on you know who where, where you at, but uh, and hey, and ESPN is a rat poison people too. <laughs> but, uh, hey, but uh, but seriously, that uh, I mean that's a lot of points. Uh, even in the in this ball game, uh, you know, I I'm wondering, can we score uh, thirty eight points in this ball game, Martin? What do you think? Um, I I think we can. I mean, I think we can score that many points either way. Uh, DC pointed it out. Uh, you know, how, how many passes did did the receivers drop on Milro? Two or three? I think Milro had two drops, and I think so, Bryce had three. So he would have been six for nine, right, uh, yeah. in the passing game. And then one of his passes, he got hit as he was throwing it. Uh, so it, was, it had no chance of completion because of the pass rush. So technically he was six for eight. Uh, I think I think Milro and to me Milro throws a pretty ball and 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 he's reading correctly, Pat. So I think Milro uh, is, is a pretty good passer. Um, in, in you know I, I know he hadn't been in a big time game, but I think timing uh, on a couple of the routes uh, and getting in sync with the guys. And if he's a guy this week, I think he'll be a little bit closer. He'll be a little rusty too, potentially because a little off. Just like Bryce was up until Vanderbilt, Bryce did not connect on any of his deep balls. Um, but I do like the fact that they did try it. So I think we'll be fine. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. Appreciate it, man. Right. I think we can get. I think we can get enough points. But I think the difference is this A and M offense. Uh, to the point last year, we scored thirty eight last year, but our defense and our special teams let us down um, last year. Uh, I think the difference in whether we cover or not is going to be how well our defense plays. I think this A and M offense is atrocious. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Martin, Martin. Martin, we're going to win the ball game, but that's a lot of points. And uh, I just, I just think it's, uh, it's rat poison. I y'all have no, that. All right, thanks, you don't hear my that ain't rat poison. That's trying to get you. Point. That's trying to get your money to put you. You to put money on A and M. What that is. Uh, that's what that is uh i know that a lot of people saturday dc were worried about um uh their 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 money uh when uh when my man uh toa toa 
push that guy in the back, and they went down and uh, dropped this point total back under uh, <laughs> under the the seventeen and dropped it, I think, down to sixteen. Uh, but uh, I, I think that this team can cover at, at the current spread. If it keeps going higher, maybe, maybe not. Uh, let's get uh, Super Joe on this side. Tom, we'll get you on the other side. Super Joe, you in with the Martin Houston Show. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, Philip Marty, how you feeling, man? Doing good, sir. Going on, Super Joe. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll tell you what I was going to say this. So, you know, I was going to look at it like this. What I know, like, when we play Texas and shit, we, if, if regardless on Texas and losing last year, if we still got a bulls on in revenge. I mean, it's still a vendetta out there, but it's not personal. It's all business. But I have to I have to look at this man. Though Jalen Milrow has now stepped up. He was strong as a, has strongly stepped up, you know, and I, but he's, I, I'm not going to give him any criticism because he ain't been out there that long. He's a freshman, but hey, but I'll tell you what, get a man some, get a man mad critical. He's a different quarterback than Brushing. He can run faster, but you know, his throwing ability, you know, he's going to, he's going to progress. So I'm patient in that area, but how, is Bryce Young going to be out or they going to start him or say, or that decision ain't been made? I think it's going to be a game time decision. Um, uh, I think it's going to be a game time decision. What I've heard, Super Joe, we won't know until game time. Okay. Yeah, and I think it's going to be kept as close to the vest and under wraps as possible. Nick Saban is not going to give us anything, Texas A&M anything. He's already said it twice uh, directly after the Arkansas game, and then he said it again yesterday, man. They're going to prepare both guys and then just see how Bryce goes, how Bryce is feeling on Saturday. Right, right. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But one thing about Jalen Miller, Jalen Miller is going to be a, he's going to be a great, he's probably going to be a, I'll tell you what, he's probably going to be Alabama's next Hosman one after Bryce Young leaves. Yeah, wow. hey, hey, All I'll right. Super Joe, Joe went from not, not going to criticize him to he's going to win the Heisman. <laughs> Thanks, Super Joe. Appreciate Thank you, man. Now. All right. Have a good one. All right, DC, we'll come back on the other side. We'll continue our conversation with DC, DC Capstone Report. We have Tom on the Alabama One Hotline. Uh, just hold on, Tom, through the break. We'll get you on the other side. Coming back, guys, let's keep the conversation going. Uh, we can talk about uh, Jalen Milrow and, and and these wide receivers. Did they take a step up uh, this Saturday this past Saturday, I know they had some drop balls. Is there a reason for the drop balls? Or is it a concern for you? Uh, we'll talk about it. And you're welcome to get in on that conversation. 205-342-9904. That's the Alabama One Hotline. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show. And I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99, going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the regular premium package, drop a penny, and you can be one of the great members of Overflow Express Wash. My family and I keep our cars looking good inside and out. 
by using Overflow Express Wash. They're located on Skyland Boulevard right next door to Alabama One, or you can find them online at overflowexpresswash.com. Andy Phillips and his team look forward to making you a part of their team. Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe 25000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is a perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods. You know it all that makes the difference. What am I talking about? Leadership and personal development. Is your organization, your school, your church, your family, are they receiving the proper level of leadership development and personal development? If not, the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring can help you with that. We have our pep talks, which is a one to one and a half hour lunch and learn which we can customize to meet your needs, or we have some topics that we present that we know can help your organization. And if you're looking for one-on-one mentoring and coaching, we can also assist you with that. Visit peptalks35.com as peptalks35.com or send an email to martin at martinhouston.org. That's the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring. It's time for the Martin Houston Show with the same hard-hitting, no-nonsense approach in which he played the game. Martin will take you inside the locker room, down on the field, and across the goal line with his in-depth analysis. Man, it's so much fun to be a Bama fan. Oh, man, no better place to be right now than college football. And is that ticket still a good ticket uh, to ride all the way to the national championship? Is this team peaking and starting to rise and come together at the right time? Uh, I, I think you could say yes, even though it's been an interesting start to the season. Uh, we'll continue that conversation. Uh, love to be a part of it. 205-342-9904. Speaking of being a part of it, uh, it's been a while since we've had Tom on. Tom, you're in with the Martin Hughes Show with Martin and Xavier with DC, DC Capstone Report. It's the Alabama One Hotline. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, Martin. Good morning. Good morning, X and DC. Uh, really enjoy uh, the analysis this morning. I made some really good points all three of you have and really enjoy the show so uh, and and thanks for taking my call but i, I want to just say one actually two things if i could go First ahead of all, martin you you brought up something that has kind of been a theme for you uh last year and this year and it kind of kind of hit me between the eyes this weekend and, and the point that you've been making about you know, when you call it RPO, the different blocking schemes for yep. the offensive line on RPO, rather as opposed to just saying, "Hey, we're going to run thirty-six dive or whatever, whatever you would call yeah. it," and, and go straight out and blow off the ball and try to get five yards or whatever. And um, and and to me, that came to fruition for me. And and I'm John Q. Fan, by the way. Uh, you know, when Coach Saban said, "Look, run the ball." And, and let's get it in the end zone. And then the very next play, we run the ball, and Chase McClellan goes through a hole the size of my house. and yep. uh, Right up the middle. Uh, <laughs> right up the middle, untouched. And I go, you know what? That's a Martin Houston call right there. And uh, <laughs> and, and so it kind of came to uh, light for me what you've been saying when I saw that happen. And uh, 
it, it made all the sense in the world. So a good call on your part. And uh, it's been enjoyable to kind of dissect that and see how it plays out. But uh, the second thing is, you know, I've noticed a trend, and I want, I want to get all three of you's take. You know, in the NFL, a team will come out, take the kickoff, go right down the field and score, and then the next team will shut that down. And yep. and, and, and you're, uh, on the first drive, you go, oh, my God, this is going to be a blowout. But then – Things change and adjustments are made, and, and it becomes a real tight ball game. And, uh, and I think the trend in football is, okay, when we get in the game, we're going to see how they're playing us on offense, on defense, whatever it is, and then we will adjust to what we think we need to do. And, uh, and I think for two, the last year and this year, that's kind of been the mentality that I picked up on and I just wonder if, if I, what I'm seeing is a pipe dream or what. Uh, hold, hold on, Tom. DC, I'll let you respond. Then you ask, and then I'll respond. Well, I think, Tom, you're on to something. I think something has trickled down from the NFL to the uh, college, and that is scripted plays. That means that they worked all week on exploring the weaknesses of what they've seen you play in. If they can catch you in that, they've scripted a, a first-drive plays to take advantage of that. And then on the other side, the defense uh, looks at that and they adapt and it becomes different. And the NFL's been doing it for a while. You see them on the sidelines with their uh, with their pads, surface pros, looking at what happened and where they, can, where they got exploited. I think we're seeing more of that in the college game. I think uh, Lane Kiffin did a good job of that scripting two drives and, and already know what the plays are going to be. Get your team uh, comfortable with the blocking schemes, with the passing schemes, with the running schemes. And then it may make the defense uh, have to adapt. And I think that that's what you're seeing. And, and I think it's, it's, it's a lot of college football teams doing that. But you have to have a really good defensive coordinator uh, to be able to adjust to, to close those gaps that, that, are, that, that they see are open by what they've, what they've exposed in the, in the other team's work. And I, and I think that happens in a lot of college games. And- yeah, when I look at it, uh, scripting plays was something that uh, even we did back when I was in high school. And it, it it gives you what you think is the best thing to to win a game and to to grow off of because within those first fifteen plays or twenty plays, just really depending on the number, you have plays that come off of that and that are built off of those plays that allow you to be able to go okay, so this worked and since this worked, this is something that's probably going to be open later on. So I think as long as Alabama is able to make those adjustments offensively and defensively, it's not going to really be a big issue. But, yeah, it's something that has been trickling down for a while. Yeah, and, 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 and Tom, I'll tell you, uh, I'll go back 33-plus uh, years, and, and, and sometimes, Tom, you'll see that happen, what, two or three drives? Like, for instance, the Eagles fell behind 14 to nothing, right? Uh and then the other team couldn't score the rest of the game. Right, um, right. When we when we were playing, it was twenty. Homer Smith always had twenty to twenty plus plays, somewhere around twenty five plays. Okay, that we scripted, and we were going to run those plays, uh, Tom. Um, as long as defense allowed us to run those scripted plays, we were going to run those twenty to twenty five plays. And, and 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 how many drives it took really depended on how well it played. 
Like, if you come out, Tommy, you run 10 plays and you score, uh, you now have, you know, another 10 to 15 plays on your script, right? So you yeah. run those. And when you're doing that, Tom, you're doing a couple things. First of all, you're seeing, are they going to play more man uh, coverage or zone coverage? You're seeing, how do they play three – how do they play three wide receivers versus a tight end uh, and, and two running backs and two wide receivers? How do they play the different formations? How are they playing, uh, you know, uh, over the top? Are they going to go what type of zone? Is it three deep or is it two deep? So you're setting up all of these different concepts that you can, as Xavier said, that you can build off of. And like DC said, that 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 exposes something. And, and a lot of times, Tom, whatever you put in new that they haven't seen goes into those plays, okay? Thus, that's why I tried to tell everybody, everybody like, man, if you had kept playing in the game, we were going to be in trouble. And I'm like, no, Sark had all offseason to come up with those plays. Exactly. Now, could they, could they have kept that going? Yes, very possible. Or we would have had to adjust – once we've seen it, it's always to the offense's advantage when you start a game. And if the defense starts good, most of the time, you know, you can look for Alabama's defense to be good the majority of the game because they they stopped all the new stuff and they 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 uh, stopped because the other offensive team tries to do a couple other things. And I'll let you go, Tom. Let you respond, but they try to break tendencies. If you have tendencies as offense, if you tend to line up with uh, four wides and, and a running back and you when you do that, you run uh, speed sweeps, well, you'll try to break that at the first part of the game. But the reality, reality of it is tendencies are what, Tom? Tendencies. And when right. pressure gets on, you go back to what you tend to do. Uh, but early in the game, you're exploring and experimenting, and that's why you see that happening a, a lot, I think. So you're exactly right, but uh, it goes all the way back to my days when Homer Smith was our offensive coordinator uh, uh, that, that we were doing it here at Alabama. Um, and, and then once he did that, he would know what his top four, five, eight plays of the game were for the rest of the game. Uh, th thanks, Tom. Appreciate you, man. Great question. You got anything before I go? No, I, I, I appreciate it. Good explanation on uh, all of your parts. I enjoy the show. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Hey, all right. Hey, Martin. D.C., did you say something, D.C.? Yeah, I was going to say this. You mentioned Homer Smith, and I would like to say this. I think you can agree with this. We don't we don't give that man as much credit as he deserves the way oh, everybody, everybody plays football today. When we were working at the Bryant Museum, my friend Gary and I got to look at some of the stuff of Homer Smith uh, that came in later. And mm -hmm. – uh, he was he was analytics before analytics. We do what analytics were. Would you agree with that? I mean, he he, oh, had, yeah. he he knew what was going to happen before it happened. Yeah, we actually would. Um, um, <clears throat> hey, hey, Joe, let's just go through the break, and, and we'll get out a little bit early today, so we don't have to break break the conversation, and then we'll bring Turner in from South Carolina. Yeah, uh, DC, you're you're absolutely right. Um, you, you probably saw. We had RPOs before there was a such thing as RPOs. Every yeah. play we went to the line of scrimmage, uh, he just called it. In other words, we had a check with me scheme back in 1989 <laughs> that, right. that if, if we went to the line and they were in a run defense, uh, there was a call 
whether it be blue or red, that would change that play to uh, a, a pass play or to a run play based on what we had called. Uh, he, right. he would call a run play, but the difference between ours and theirs is, D.C., they always knew, like the offensive line, it, the, 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 the morphing of that is that the quarterback and the wide receivers could adjust and, and there was no reason to call it. Back then, we would actually change the play and that actually hurt us against Auburn in that uh, 1989 game because the crowd was so loud that we couldn't get the play call. So uh, interesting but, thought but, there, but good but point. You see, he won. was definitely analytics before analytics. Go ahead. I, I think it actually won the game against Mississippi that year with Gary Hollingsworth yep. being able to come back and win that prolific scoring game because he was able, Homer Smith was able to get get us in the right offense because the defense never caught on, never made adjustments. Absolutely. We agree with that statement as well. Hey, let's bring in. We got a new new caller, Turner, uh, in South Carolina. Turner, you're in uh, with Martin Hughes Show with Martin and Xavier and DC, DC Capstone Report on Alabama on the hotline. What's on your mind, sir? Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, uh, I, I'm an Alabama fan over here in South Carolina. I've called in a few times before, Martin. It's just been a while since I've called. Okay. Uh, but uh, anyway, you were talking about the, the team peaking and the receivers getting better. From my yeah. observation from, from the few games that we played so far, I, I think the key is the offensive line has gotten better, and that just affects the distribution of the ball, the run game, and everything else. Uh, so I, that's why I think they're getting better, because I think the line is getting better, the offensive line is offensively. Uh, now, one thing I'm disappointed in was Toa Toa pushing that guy when we had him and getting the first down. I'd hate to be him this week in practice with Nick Saban as my coach. Yeah. Well, uh, DC, DC, since you're since you're a guest with us, go ahead and respond because we talked a little bit about Toa Toa yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you 100 percent on Toa Toa. I think it was disappointing, and I think you'll find out about it during the during the practice this week. On the on the receivers, you know, I, I think we saw some drops in the first half when Bryce Young was throwing. So I think it was a lack of concentration. I think a lot of those drops was Jacory Brooks. I'm not sure where he was at on on those. I do. I do think that the young receivers get more reps with with uh, with uh, Jalen Milrow, and he has a different ball. And, and Martin, you can you can speak to this from playing, but you know every quarterback doesn't throw the ball with the same velocity or the same way. And I not and Jalen Milrow has a great throw, great ball. But I think some of the drops you might have seen with some of the older receivers and Jalen Milrow was just because they weren't familiar with catching his balls much. The two others, but I think you'll see some of the freshman receivers a lot more familiar with catching his balls, have a better game with him. Until everybody gets used to catching the balls, if Milrose the quarterback, but you know some of the drops I can't explain. The ones that Corey Brooks had in the first half, they were just taking you out of the ball type things. DC, I'll tell you what I think it was. What have we been saying all year about this wide receiver core? They're not as good as last year. They're not yeah. as explosive as last year. So instead of them catching the ball, here's the question you have to ask: Are the drops talent, Turner, or is it? timing and trust and focus it's probably time I, and trust and focus it's not talent so so we don't have bot receivers who can't catch I, in my opinion so i think they're trying to turn every play into a big play instead of just catching and turning it up so that's my thoughts there um and and, and so i well, think the wide receivers uh, took a big step 
thank, thanks. Uh, both of those are, are great points, and I can't disagree with you on this offensive line slowly getting better. And I think the insertion of Seth McLaughlin and the continual growth of Booker is massive. So um, I oh, think yeah. those two, yeah. So thanks, Turner, man. Hey, and, uh, and well, guys, I'm sorry I didn't recognize your name, but appreciate you. Oh, that's okay. Thanks for having me on. Roll Tide, guys. Be good. Real quick about the wide receiver room is I think it's something that was stated earlier on that the the ceiling might not be as high for these guys, but the the floor is. And I think you saw that when you see JoJo Earl making plays. You see Isaiah Bond making plays. You see Kobe Prentice making plays. The, The guys that would barely be playing last year are making plays that helped Alabama win Saturday. Yeah, we're definitely getting a lot more reps out there with the with the wide receivers. DC, I give you closing thoughts and and, and uh, for your opinion on uh, this week's game. Well, I think this is as I alluded to it earlier. I think this game is going to be won because of our defense is going to shut Texas A and M down. I, I think we're going to put a really bludgeoning on them. I I know everybody's talking about rat poison, but I think this team is focused in. If you heard Will Anderson talk yesterday, he is focused in on Texas A and M. I think he's had his sights set on them since early in the year uh, because he did not. I'm not talking about what Coach Saban and Demo Fisher. I think because he did not have the game he thought he should have had last year against the mm-hmm. tackles, and he was talked about. So I think this these rushers are going to have a field day against this, the quarterback and the setup this year. If we can stop, our, our goal is to stop Devin A. Chain from, from taking over the game and the run game. If we can stop him, which I think we can, with the emergence of Jaheim Otis uh, plugging that middle and uh, others, I think we can stop him. I think we really limit them. I don't think they scored much at all. And I think Alabama runs away with it. Uh, in my opinion, it's going to be a game where they cover cover handily and, and uh, Texas A&M goes away knowing that we beat them well. And I think Coach Saban, uh, if he has a heart, will will call off the dogs late in the game to not run the score up. So I think Alabama wins this in big 49-14. Yeah, and I agree with – I think Alabama – we'll talk more about it uh, as we move throughout. DC, DC Capstone Report. Uh, you can find dccapstonereport.com. Also, freelancepictures.com uh, and rolltopbama.com as also. And follow at davidcott50 on Twitter. All right. Thanks, DC. We'll catch up with you next week. We'll continue. Thank you, Martin. Have a great day. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Have more conversation tomorrow, and we'll talk about uh, rat poison – and whether or not we actually need the Jimbo Fisher summer conversation to help this team uh, be even more focused uh, on a less than stellar Texas A&M team. We'll have that conversation on a wild card Wednesday right here on the Martin Houston Show. Thanks, X. Thanks, uh, DC. Thanks, Joe. Uh, thanks, all call listeners, chatters, and viewers. Uh, we... Uh, pray that you will trust in the Lord always, lean not your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Road tied out there, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we've got a report on Interstate 2059, a wreck there at exit 86, Covered Bridge Road. Authorities are on the scene. If you see other conditions, just give me a call. Right now, Townsend Nissan's business is booming, and they need extra help. If you're a people person, go see BJ today at Townsend Nissan. I'm Captain Bray.
Hello, this is Martin Houston with The Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about Tuscaloosa Custom Carving. If you're looking for a way to add value to your home, make your flower beds pop, make your landscaping stand out from your neighbors, then Tuscaloosa Custom Carving can help you do just that. They have numerous styles, but they feature the Moroccan Stone Curb Series, which includes four great styles and unlimited color choices. That's Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing. They are the one that can help you stand out from your neighbors. Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, 205-331-6823. You may also find yourself with the need for a custom-sized stone or, or custom-shaped stone. Then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help with that as well. Paul Fuller and his team are waiting on your call right now for that free quote. And if you tell them that Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show told you to stop by, you'll get a big discount. So call Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing at 205-331-6823 or visit them online at Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, LLC. Has the pandemic affected your business? Even with more and more customers going online in the past five years, online business has grown greatly due to the pandemic. Now more than ever, it's important to have preaching of God's word. Please join us at the link that's 610 Watermelon Road, Northport, Alabama, or watch online at Empowerment Ministries on Facebook. That's Awakening, powered by Empowerment Ministries, the third Thursday every month at 6.30 p.m. Please pray for us and join us if you can. See America in your new Burton Campers RV. Be certain with Burton. Burton Campers at exit 231 on I-65 in Calera. Nobody sells RVs for less.